I invite you to stand with me this morning for a reading from the prophet Zephaniah. This is Zephaniah 3, starting in verse 14. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you, has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A warrior who gives victory. God will rejoice over you with gladness. God will renew you in God's love. God will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all of your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home, for I will make you renowned and praised among all peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. As the word became flesh and dwelled among them, may your word dwell within us, O God. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. You may be seated. Now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place and in all places be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock, our redeemer, and our Emmanuel. Amen. It wasn't until I moved from Kentucky to Waco, Texas about 12 years ago that I finally began to understand what it means that there's no place like home for the holidays. Because as much as I loved being part of all of the Christmas festivities and celebrations with my friends in Waco, for some reason it just never felt quite like Christmas until I was back home here in Kentucky. For starters, it was almost 80 degrees in Waco in December. It was actually 86 degrees yesterday. (laughs) And we were often sweating at the town Christmas tree lighting each year. And I will never forget that the first time I saw Santa wearing boots and a cowboy hat. (laughs) I just didn't know what to do with that. Or a cactus Christmas tree fully decked out with all the lights and ornaments. It all felt so strangely unfamiliar and out of place and made me long all the more for a Kentucky Christmas. Because for me, it wasn't until I felt the cold, wet air against my cheeks or maybe even saw a little snow or until I drank my mom's hot Christmas punch that she makes every year, or tasted her red velvet cake. 
Until I saw my favorite Christmas ornaments hanging on the family Christmas tree, like the Christmas bell I made as a little girl out of a styrofoam cup and red glitter. That's my favorite. (laughs) It wasn't until I saw the lights my dad meticulously puts up every year that make the house feel magical at night. The framed photographs of my brother and me at Christmases over the years and the nativity set that's been passed down through our family over generations. There's something about all of this that feels like home to me, and so it just doesn't feel like Christmas without it. And yet the thing is, as I've gotten older, my concept of home has changed quite a bit too. After all, I grew up in Lawrenceburg, but now my parents live in Richmond, Kentucky, so home is no longer the place where I grew up. Like many of us, we've also lost some beloved family members over the years, and Christmas was never quite the same without them. But we've gained some new ones, too, like my nieces and nephew who make Christmas feel especially exciting So I guess my definition of home doesn't depend on a particular person either. Ironically, now that I'm back home in Kentucky, I find myself missing the Christmas traditions that I made with friends back in Texas, too. And I've got to admit that an 80-degree day might be kind of nice from time to time in the midst of the frigid cold winter. Because even though I may not have realized it then, That was becoming home, too. And so I'm learning that home isn't just a place, and it's not limited to a specific tradition with a particular group of people, either. But wherever and whatever home is, I still find myself longing for it at Christmas. And I imagine I'm not the only one. Of course, my heart sank in my chest yesterday as I began reflecting on this idea of longing for home and looked at one photograph after another of the devastation our state has experienced over the weekend. How places of worship, factories, businesses, and so many homes were completely destroyed in a matter of seconds. How so many people lost loved ones in these moments who could do nothing to escape. What does home even look like for them? And then there's the reality that all of this comes at the heels of an already difficult couple of years of COVID. Particularly for those who are immune compromised and still can't get out to see friends or family. I'm mindful after these years that we can be sitting alone in our houses and still longing for home, can't we? And then I think about our houseless neighbors here in Louisville, longing for a warm place to lay their heads at night. I think about our LGBTQ siblings who have been estranged from their families and are no longer welcome at the place they call home, and even in the churches they once called home. 
I think about our refugee neighbors who have had to flee from home and are looking for a safe place to bring their families and to start over again. I think about those of us for whom spending time with family at the holidays is complicated, who long for a place and a people to truly call home. And I think about all of those of us who are grieving this year, and home will never be quite the same without our loved ones there with us. The longing that so many feel to be home for Christmas is perhaps more real now than ever before. In a way, Bing Crosby might never have imagined when he first sang, I'll be home for Christmas. And yet those of us who are longing for home this Christmas are in good company in today's scripture reading. Because centuries ago, the people of Israel found themselves living in exile desperately longing to go back home. In fact, for a good part of scripture, whether God's people are living in slavery or wandering in the wilderness or banished in exile, God's people are always longing to go home. Friends, this this longing, this yearning within us is part of our story as people of God. And to a people who are living in exile and longing for home, God says through the prophet Zephaniah, I will remove disaster from you. I will deal with your oppressors. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will gather you in and I will bring you home. Highland, this text was chosen months ago for this sermon, and yet I can't think of better words of scripture for us to hear this morning than that. Interestingly enough, some scholars have called Zephaniah the gloomiest of all the prophets, which makes it pretty ironic that on the third Sunday of Advent, when we light the candle of joy, we would read from this short and strange text. But perhaps given the events of the past year and especially of this weekend, we are living in a Zephaniah kind of world, aren't we? And yet given Zephaniah's tendency toward doom and gloom, it suddenly becomes all the more significant that he does not give in to devastation and despair. Instead, Zephaniah saves the last word for joy. For the joy of God's people finally returning from exile and coming home. Each week of this Advent season, we have been sharing our reflections on joy with one another on social media. And so I wonder this week, what does the joy of feeling at home, of coming or going home, look like for you? Or how might you create a sense of home or even begin to help people rebuild their homes this year? I hope you might reflect on that and share with us your pictures and reflections of where and how you are finding joy in coming home this Christmas. Continuing to use the hashtag Awaken to Joy. I'm loving reading and seeing what you're sharing. You know, Frederick Buechner says that this longing within us for home 
is a longing that is bigger than a particular place or people. He says ultimately that it's a longing for God's kingdom, for God's world to finally come. He says, if we only had eyes to see and ears to hear and wits to understand, we would know that the kingdom of God is as close to us as breathing and is crying out to be born, both within us and within the world. The kingdom of God is where our best dreams come from and our truest prayers. We glimpse it at those moments when we find ourselves being better than we are and wiser than we know. We catch sight of it when at some moment of crisis, a strength comes to us that is greater than our own strength. Because you see, the kingdom of God is where we belong. It is home. And whether we realize it or not, I think we are all of us homesick for it. Friends, perhaps this is the kind of home we long for all year long, but especially here at Christmas. In fact, maybe coming home is what Christmas is all about. And no, I'm not talking about every Hallmark Christmas movie ever created where the main character goes home to a small idyllic town where every building is lined with Christmas lights And it's always snowing and something magical happens every Christmas Eve. As much as I love my Hallmark Christmas movies today, I am talking about a much bigger, better story than that. Because at Christmas we remember the story of a God who found a home with us. A God who came to be born in us. And even when there wasn't room in the inn for God to be born there, God found home in an unexpected place and among the most unlikely people of all. And all these years later, our God continues to do the same within us and within our world. I love the way that Barbara Brown Taylor tells this story. She says, you have to wonder what happened to Joseph's family. Because if Bethlehem were Joseph's hometown, then why didn't his own family take him into their home? Joseph and Mary got a stall instead of a home with a bedroom, not an ideal situation. And we know that they got a feeding trough because that is where their picture was taken after all. (laughs) The picture we all know with the star overhead and the angels singing from the rafters. But she says, have you ever thought about what happened 20 minutes later? When that hole in the heavens had closed up and the only music around came from the barn back at the inn. One of the cows probably stepped on a chicken and the resulting racket made the baby cry. As she leaned over to pick him up, Mary started crying too. After all, if she had just married a nice boy from Nazareth, she would be back home where she belonged instead of competing with a sheep for a place to sleep. Both Mary and Joseph hurt all over that night, and there was nothing to eat, and it was cold as the dickens. But you know what? God was still right there, right in the middle of that picture. Peace was there, and joy, and love, not only in the best of times, but also and especially in the worst of times. 
because of God with us. Not the God up there who answers our prayers by lifting us up out of this world, but the God who continues to come to us even in the midst of this world. However far from home we are, however less than ideal our circumstances, however much or little our lives reflect the Christmas cards we send, that is where God is born. Right there, in any cradle we will offer God, on any pile of straw we will pat together with our hands. Any of us who have prayed to be transported into God's presence this Christmas will get our wish, she says. Only not perhaps in the way that we had thought. None of heaven's escalators are going up this year because Christmas is about Everybody up there coming down right here into our own Bethlehem. Bringing us the God who has decided to make God's home in our arms. Friends, I don't know what going home for Christmas means or feels like for you this year. I don't know if it's something that you were excited about or absolutely dreading, or if you're even doing it at all. But what I do know is this, that that sense of warmth and welcome, of true belonging, of being loved wholeheartedly and unconditionally, that the home we are all searching for it turns out, has much less to do with the sparkling lights on the trees than it does the God who is coming to be the light of the world right here with us and among us. Because the home we are all longing for isn't a specific place and it's not one particular person. Christmas reminds us that it is Emmanuel the God who came and is coming still to make God's home here with us. It's what the choir sang so beautifully about earlier, because when God makes God's home within us, we discover that there is light beyond shadow and joy beyond all tears, that there is a love that is greater even when darkest our fears that there is a deeper kind of peace even when the storm is around and near the hope to the lost who is found, to the one like the prodigal son who has truly encountered what it means to come home. And so, friends, hear the words of Zephaniah. The Lord your God is in your midst. God says, I will remove disaster from you. I will deal with your oppressors. I will save the lame and gather in the outcast. I will gather you in and I will bring you home. May that God be born right here within us. Amen.